Hey everyone, before we start the show, I have a quick little plug I need to throw down your ear holes, so please bear with me for one second. For those of you who's listened to this podcast and the other podcasts that Lex and I have done, you know me, Cameron James, as a film fan, as a podcaster, as a proud chode owner. But now I want to introduce you to the real me, the stand-up comedian. Uh, A bunch of you have come see me before. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a bunch of you at my show taping, but I want to have more of you come and see me live. If you're in Melbourne at all during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, you can see me performing my new hour show, chilled out, fired up, every single night during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm talking from March 29 to April 22, every single night, except for Mondays, unfortunately. I do need a day of rest. Um, Come see me live. Come see my show. It's called Chilled Out, Fired Up. It's on at 7 o'clock at the Greek Center. I chose that venue because my best friend Alexi is Greek, and I've been told he will promote me to the Greek community. (laughs) And I really can't wait for those beautiful, passionate souls to show up (laughs) at my shows and enjoy what I have to offer. I'd love you to come along too. You can buy all the tickets on a beautiful place called the internet. If you Google Cameron James Comedy or Cameron James Melbourne International Comedy Festival, you'll find them. I trust you. You're smart. I'd love to have you there. Please come. Thanks, baby. someone just roll a five or an eight because we are out of the goddamn jungle you're listening to total reboot the only film podcast that goes through reboots remakes and ripoffs of cinema i'm cameron james and i'd like to welcome to the jungle (laughs) my dear friend alexi how are you lex oh cameron we just got out of the jungle baby yet i'm back in the jungle (laughs) oh what i mean you leave one jungle and you enter another jungle out of the frying pan into the jungle can i mention one of my favorite movies of all time jungle to jungle starring tim (laughs) allen you may mention it go ahead I just want to put this out there and say I think it's the top film of all time, grossing and critically. (laughs) Well, I just want to mention one of my favourite movies, um, something that I've got a bit of at the moment, Jungle Fever, directed by Spike Lee, one of my favourite filmmakers of all time. And boy, do we have some Jungle Fever. We're talking about the two most iconic jungle board game, (laughs) video game movies of all time. Jumanji was the one we talked about last week, the great Robin Williams slash David Alan Greer vehicle, and this week, <laughs> um, that's what we're rewriting history yeah, as, by the it's way. It's because Dag is, he's number one, baby. Dag rules, okay? Dag rules. Dag is my bag. 
<laughs> if we have any mission for this podcast, it is to get Dag the critical and commercial success that he deserves. By getting him in, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle again. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. I can't wait. So this week, of course, we're talking about the reboot, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, starring... Alexi's favourite comedian of all time. They're going to say starring Alexi. <laughs> I wish. Which, all, so I far, wish. the sentence could still be Alexi's favourite comedian of all time. It's I know who that is. It's not you, dude. Oh, it is. It's The Rock. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my guys. The Rock, Alexi Toliopoulos, <laughs> <laughs> Marin, Dag. Dag. Those are my guys. Okay, interesting. My guys are all gals. Oh, yeah. okay. Who so, are they? I've gender swapped it. Um, Karen Gillum. From Welcome to the Jungle, baby. And one other one is Jack Black, who... Hang on a second. <laughs> he is a girl in this movie. Yeah. Also, Bonnie Hunt. Yeah, one of the Ridge. great. Yeah. And Kristen Dunst. Or Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> I can't remember. Doesn't even matter, really. Well, uh, the reason we might not remember, because we recorded the episode many a moon ago. I can't believe you're revealing it. I thought we were going to keep it a secret. No, yes. it shall not be a secret. Let it be known. The rumors Let the are true. Stay. The rumors are, in fact, true. If you listened last week, and I pray that you did, mm-hmm. you will know that we actually recorded these as soon as... Welcome to the Jungle was in the cinemas. I think it was actually leaving cinemas when we recorded it. We said we got to get I think this we saw recorded the before pot, it disappears. The last session that you could see in Oz. Yeah. And The Rock was there. The Rock was there. He's like, I just want to say thank you for coming to my movie. Um, it's a great support to my film career. Yeah. And they did a tight five at the end and it was so funny. I was actually cacking it. Yeah. You freaked it. What did you do? Um, I was like, yeah, good stuff, man. You'd Get seen me it up before. There. You're my second fave. Get the number one guy <laughs> up there. <laughs> so we recorded this quite a while ago. Uh, we are talking about it as if it is the first episode. Because in our minds, that's what it was going to be. Yes. But then, then, you know, We went back to the jungle the with the Tomb Raider. <laughs> A lot of the movies we've done are jungle adventure themed <laughs> movies so far, but that won't be forever. At the end of the episode, we're going to announce what our next pairing of films will be. So please stick around to the end of the episode or you'll yep. be left wondering. Yeah, but just on that as well about it being recorded a while ago, there there are some dated information mm-hmm, in it. Mm-hmm. Not only us just saying welcome to the first episode, Jungle Babies. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you were all Jungle Babies yeah, listening to official, this podcast. It's official. It's That's official, your nickname. That We've been searching for a nickname for a while. Reboot Rats was thrown around, Totalitarians. I like Rebooty Babies. Yes, me too. Uh, but unfortunately, you, it's official <laughs> you are now Jungle Babies. Yes, because someone accidentally <laughs> said the word wrong. Uh, yes, yeah, so Jungle Babies, uh, such a, one of the information that's now dated, we're talking about in this episode, I believe, how Welcome to the Jungle had just come back at number one and how mm-hmm. that's like a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. I think it came out before Star Wars yep. and then came back number one after Star Wars. So yep. it's pretty phenomenal and that information is now dated. Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle Baby is now the 30th highest grossing <laughs> film in history. Yeah. And also the most number one critically reviewed film <laughs> yeah. of all time. It's the only film that's still 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It actually, it actually just knocked Jungle to Jungle off the top. <laughs> <laughs> jungle to Jungle was the top. Ladybird was beneath it. This smacked both out, baby. It's just the best movie. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to our review of it. <laughs> yeah, I remember us really loving this film. Uh, here we go, guys. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Total Reboot, 
the only podcast about reboots, remakes, and ripoffs. And, and you can Google this shit, it's the only podcast on the internet about movies. I'm Cameron James, and I'm joined by Alexi Toliopoulos. How are you, Lex? Very well, thank you, sir. <laughs> Very well, thank you. That was a pregnant pause. Yes, I'm trying to get a certain air of gravitas about me because today I think we're talking about the, one of the world's most gravitational actors that there are. We are talking about The Rock, oh, who is yes. one of the. He's got that X factor. He's got something, doesn't There's he? There's something about that guy. Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? I can. And it's a hit, baby. It's Oscar buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Total Reboot, for those of you who are new to the show, is a show where Which we- is everyone. This is, is the second everybody. episode we've ever recorded. It's everybody out there in the known cosmos. Mm. This is a show where we look at a film that has been remade or rebooted or ripped off. And we try to figure out... Why the fuck that happened? So last <laughs> week we looked at Jumanji from 1995, which I dare say we had a blast with. Oh, it's tremendous movie. <laughs> it sure is. And of course that means today that you and I are delving into the dark jungles of Jumanji. Will we be welcomed or will we be run down? Which is a movie starring The Rock that was known as The Rundown in the US, but in Australia it was known as Welcome to the Jungle. That is absolutely true. I had a DVD of Welcome to the Jungle that I got for free from McDonald's or something. <laughs> I think it would have been Pizza Hut or pizza Domino's. Hut. Yeah. They offered deals where you could get a pizza and a DVD. That features Sean William Scott. <laughs> <laughs> is that the deal? That was the it's deal. It's only with Sean William That's Scott. That's the deal. You get a sizzly and a stiffly. Those are the two things you get. <laughs> that explains why I have every slice of pie. Mmm, <laughs> yum. Pizza pie, that yeah, is. that's right. <laughs> and how did you have it? Um, warm. That's okay. all I can say. That's all I can say. Yeah, we're talking about Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle today. How do we want to get into this? Um, Should we just get straight into it? Let's dive into the jungle, baby. Yo, what's this? A game for those who seek to find a way to leave their world behind. Jumanji. You pick a character and you're that person in the game. Which one do I pick? I don't think it matters that much. Moose Finbar. Sounds like a badass. I'll be the curvy genius. Dr. Smolder Bravestone. I guess I'm Ruby Roundhouse. Jumanji 2017 Welcome to the Jungle by director Jake Kasdan. Four teenagers are sucked into a magical video game and the only way they can escape is to work together to finish the game. Now, honestly, you could have stopped after that first line. (laughs) And I'd be in the cinema. And I'd be like, I'm going. And by the way, yes, I have seen this film before. (laughs) Four teenagers are sucked? (laughs) Dude, check out my browser history. And they've got to work together to finish? I'm into it. (laughs) Jake Kasdan. I don't know anything about this director. What do you know Jake about Jake Kasdan, I believe he is the son of famous cinema raconteur, mm-hmm. Lawrence Kasdan, who is the author of such adventure films as Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, and The Big Chill. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about the greatest adventure of all. Life. <laughs> 
Okay, cool. And Jake is the son of him, the progeny. The progeny, mm. who is also co-writer on the Han Solo solo Star Wars movie. Really? Yes. Okay. They're writing it together, father and son. Oh. That's what Cat Stevens was singing about all those years. <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, <laughs> watching father and son bonding and also breaking story. Oh, God. So, son, what do you reckon about this? I think it sounds good, Daddy. Hey, everyone out there who has a parent, you know, there's many ways to bond mm. with them. You can, you can emotionally engage. You can talk about their past. Yeah. You can have shared experiences. But nothing will bond you to your parent more than breaking story on a Star Wars <laughs> spin-off film. I think you would be tied to your parent forever. And I don't mean forever, as in your days on this earth, once you cross into the next world too. Second star to the left, straight on till morning. You shall still be tied to your papa. Or mama. Oh, Mama, yes, Mamas can write movies too. That's true. But Afima has yet to write a Star Wars film, so that is why the gender bias was in in my mind. That's true, that's true. Well, the future is bright for mm. many, and I believe that a Mama will one day write a Star Wars film. I think the future is bright. The, the, the film <laughs> the, franchise? The Netflix the original Netflix movie. film franchise? I think that is the future. Okay, all living amongst us. <laughs> yes. Not. I didn't mean that the fra- all franchises in the movie in the film in the future will all be orc based. But in fact, the future is bright. We will have orcs among us. Okay. They may be among us now. Are you fucking serious? Yes, sir. So there's little piggy, little fucks mucking around, mucking around those little snap bastards. <laughs> uh, but I am serious, and I'll tell you people that aren't serious: comedians. And this film uh, stars many of the greatest comedians of their generation. <laughs> All right, Jum- talk me through the cast of this film, and talk our listeners through as well. So, please. Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle is the hit sequel to one of the funniest movies ever made, Jumanji. <laughs> and of course, if you're remaking that film, you got to go hard into the comedy. Yeah. So they got because. Jumanji, the original, had Robin Williams. It had Dag. Dag, David. Robin Williams. Bonnie Hunt, who famously turned down being on SNL. That's how fucking funny she is, dude. She's so funny. She's like, I'm so funny. I don't need you guys. I am ready for primetime player. Beeb Newworth, Frasier's freaking ex? Yeah. She's so funny, she broke up with Frasier. <laughs> She's like, get me away from this beta cuck. I'm going to strike out on my own. Get me away from this unfunny doctor. Let me go out there and have adventures of my own. (laughs) But Bonnie Hunt, very funny lady. And so let's make it even funnier. Let's cast the funniest comedian of all time in the lead. Much like we did in the previous film. We've got to get the funniest dude ever to be the lead. So let's get the rock. (laughs) Let's get Dwayne the Rock Johnson to get the yucks out there. You You love the rock. Famously, I think he is the funniest he is tearing up the comedy scene right now (laughs) starring in movies such as central intelligence alongside kevin hart and baywatch alongside equally funny comedian zach efron he's my favorite comedian zach efron's your favorite the rock's my favorite and that's why we work so well together we have a similar dynamic (laughs) the rock and the jock the rock and the jock baby that's it yeah, I love him. Now, you, you were telling me earlier that when you were a young child... When you, I was a young buck. You used to 
listen to The Rock's comedy specials. <laughs> I used to. On repeat. Put, I used to just headphones get, I'd get my little tape recorder <laughs> and hold it against the, the TV speaker <laughs> yeah. and record it. Go. I'd watch Raw, his yeah. comedy special Raw yeah, yeah. versus SmackDown, <laughs> yeah. and then I would record it, plug in my earphones, yeah. my little. And there weren't bed. even earbuds back no, then. They, they were. You had to put them over your head. Over my head. They you'd were lay in bed, cover over your head, and you'd listen to you memorize the comedy routine. What's he doing here? Probably doing an arched eyebrow. Yeah, That's yeah, funny. Yeah. He's asking, "Can you smell what the Rock is cooking?" That's his That's catchphrase. His catchphrase. Very funny catchphrase. And then because the guy is not a chef. <laughs> So what is it? What could he possibly be cooking? <laughs> Not a lobster thermidor or something. He's probably cooking something with gas. I think he was cooking up a career, and then you would go <laughs> to school, yeah, and you would be the class clown, and your teacher yeah. would say, "Alexi, I'm going to give you." Five minutes at the end of every class, you yep. can get up and do a comedy routine and yep. you would do the rocks routine. I'd get up in front of all of my friends. At the end, if I was a good little boy, yeah. the teacher would let me hop up in front <laughs> and get my 2,000 hours up. <laughs> 2,000 hours? Because it's less for comedy. <laughs> less it's not 10,000 hours. Well, The Rock did it in much less, I yeah, would say. He did true. it in much less. The Rock's done one open mic, you know? He's yeah. done one open mic at the comedy store. Yeah. And he is the funniest comic alive. Yeah, that's true. <sighs> Only one guy could hold a candle and he is no longer alive. Rest in peace to Don Rickles. <laughs> you were going to say Robin Williams. <laughs> no, no, no. He no. surpassed him. Do you think if Don Rickles was still with us, he would have been cast as the lead in the Jumanji Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I think that would be a better movie. Yeah, okay. So we did just watch Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle uh, Cameron, and what is your immediate reaction? Does this this uh, semi sequel remake reboot live up to the hype? Okay, you've just opened a bunch of doors in my mind. I've opened a portal into another world. Are yeah. you ready to get sucked in? In this review, you must wait until I review it out of eight. I'm giving it something out of eight stars. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, it's. I'll give it five out of eight. Okay. No, it's. Um. Look, I actually didn't know whether this was going to be a sequel, reboot, or remake, and mm. it is kind of all of them, isn't it? It's set in Brantford. Yeah. There's a which scene- is the hometown of Alan Parrish and uh-huh. Parrish Footwear. Parrish Footwear, but which is nowhere to be seen, by the I, way. I, I th- honestly, it was such a thriving business. It was obviously <laughs> the economic cornerstone of this whole world. But but none then- of the kids are seen to be wearing Parrish. No shoes. one's rocking. Par- Parish? No one's repping no Parish? No one's repping Parish? Maybe it's a hometown thing where you kind of like oh, snub yeah. your hometown brand. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? We'll get from freaking Nikes. Yeah, you get Nikes. And then when you leave Brantford and you go to New York City and people are like, where are you from? You're like, Brantford. And they're like, oh, Parish Shoes. And you, you, all of a sudden you get proud of Parish Yeah, shoes. I love the Parish family. You start family. wearing I never bullied that, I would never bully that boy that we're missing for 20 years, okay? <laughs> never bullied him. Yeah, so there's we're in, we're in Brantford. There are kind of indications that it's a sequel because Alan Parrish exists in this universe. He exists in this universe. The movie begins where the last Jumanji left off. Yep. Uh, the, the board game washes up on the beach. But instead of it being a beach in France or wherever I think it might have been, mm. it's just Brantford. Brantford again. Which and Brantford sh- has a beach. That's, that is news to me. <laughs> yeah, that's news And then to me. some dad finds it, takes it home <laughs> to his, metal, his metalhead son and he's like, hey man, why don't we play this game? And he's like, Buzz off. 
I don't play freaking board games. I'm a teen in the 90s. Exactly. I smoke doobs. I'm bloody... I rock out to Metallicos. Exactly. I'm into hardcore shit, you old square. Go <laughs> fuck off, you sack of shit. Go fuck mum, okay? I know you guys still do it. I hear you. I'm in the next room, okay? Go fuck my mum, dude. Why don't you go fuck my fucking mum? So he's like, board games stink. This guy has a good attitude. I like this yeah, kid. You like Much him. like me, I believe books stink, movies rock. This guy's board games stink, vid games rock. <laughs> <laughs> so I related to this guy. I'm all about the digital, fuck the acoustic. Yeah, hey, speaking of digital, dude, do you reckon this guy got his digits? Uh, um, I don't think so. I don't, not, maybe. Oh, eventually, perhaps. Yeah, probably eventually. He, yeah, we'll find out. Alert, we'll, spoiler. we'll run through this movie a little bit. So then he's like... Okay, so he puts the board game to one like, side. Fuck he says, this I'm shit. not playing a fucking board game. I'm not a fucking loser nerd. I'm, I'm actually cool. Jumanji, Jumanji the board game, this is news to me too, can fucking evolve. It can fucking change. It watches the kid playing a video game and it, we don't see this, but the implication is that the board game goes, okay, I am an obsolete mm. technology. I need to upgrade, I need update. To- I need to reboot. I need to reboot. I need to be able to lure children in for a new generation. And overnight... Approximately one year after the last movie. <laughs> overnight, the board game transmogrifies itself into a, a cartridge. Into a little cartridge for, for the Jumanji Entertainment System. Yes. <laughs> the Jess. Mm. And by the way, I had a super Jess. <laughs> There's up. one thing I want to say in regards to this. There was one line that I wrote down from the original film. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe it is the uh, the young Alan Parrish and the young uh-huh. Bonnie Hunt character. Sure. Yeah. Uh, th- one of them says, the game thinks I rolled. And then Bonnie Hunt's character says, what do you mean the game thinks? And this yeah. is an example of the game thinking, adapting, evolving, Darwinism, baby, survival of the fittest. Welcome to the jungle. See how you'll do. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that if the game can change with the times, mm. do you think that it's always been around, but it's just always been something different? Like maybe yeah. it was fucking ball and cup back yeah. in the day. <laughs> ball and cup. Was, I, I mean, I can't imagine. Like maybe 300 a, years ago, it, it was, was a dreidel. It was a dreidel back in the old days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, and oh, it was shit. once upon the Titanic. Yeah. Upon what freaking summoned the iceberg on the Titanic. And then it because became- it was a little freaking game of backgammon yeah, back then. Yeah, probably being played in the servants' quarters downstairs yeah, where, where a so. young Leo DiCaprio danced on the tables. <laughs> Uh, so from then on, the kid gets sucked into the game. Yeah, same as the imme- first one. Immediately gets sucked into the freaking game. And then we cut to 2017. Yep. One of the most exciting years in politics, but... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? They didn't even mention <laughs> they Trump. They didn't even mention it once. They didn't even bring up he who shall not be named. <laughs> exactly. So then we see some some uh, a bevy of high school students. Mm-hmm. A nerd, a girl nerd, a hot dude, and a hot girl. <laughs> That's the whole, that's the spectrum of high school, mm. isn't it? A lot has changed since the eighties. Totally. You know, the Breakfast Club. At that breakfast, you could get a hash brown, a poached egg, a bacon. Now it's just four of the same things. I mean, I'm going to say this is the freaking brunch club. Yeah, exactly. These guys are just. Hanging it's not out. enough for a full meal. <laughs> well, isn't brunch it's, two full meals? It's something you snack on. Oh, okay. Right? Between meals, you get yeah, but- a fucking freon or something. <laughs> 
It's not even a cupcake. It's a freon. No, it's not even a muffin. What is a freon? It's, it's a bullshit. Like a, it's a little bullshit. It's bullshit. So we get a hot. We get a little nerd guy who um uh well you know he's a nerd guy. He goes into they go detention because they all do some dumb shit or whatever. <laughs> who knows? It's not important. They get welcomed to the jungle eventually because they're in detention. They got a. All four of these guys have to unstaple magazines so they can get recycled. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. No. Because they find a console they and hear game. A familiar bongo drumming noise getting louder oh. and louder. And can I also just say, I'll just stop you for one second. There. Of course. I need to say, the original Jumanji, that's what got me into the bongos, dude. That's what got you into it. It was yeah. the 90s. It was a different time. Yeah. Bongos were I back. I heard those bongos and I thought, I've got to go out and buy myself a djembe. <sighs> got to get a djembe. Welcome to djembe. Welcome to djembe. <laughs> yeah, so they hear the drumming and mm. then they find the console and the cartridge. The little boy got sucked into it all those years ago. Mm. They start up the game. Lo and behold, they themselves are sucked into the game. Yes, they're like, hang on. There's f- we can only choose four of these five characters. One of them has already been chosen. Hmm. Huh, huh, that's pretty interesting. That's normal to have five, uh, yeah, for a five-player game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extremely normal. And then they, uh, they, ter- they all choose their character. Mm-hmm. They get sucked into the fucking game. They get welcomed to the jungle. They get absolutely welcomed to the jungle. So they get sucked into the game, and you f- originally see it from the first-person perspective. Yeah. And your mind must be thinking one thing. These guys are going to be exactly the same once we see their face. Yeah. Unfortunately, that ain't the case. The first character we've been following, Spencer. Spencer. Spencer, one of the coolest names. Spencer Gilpin is the character's name because it was said a thousand times, whereas the other character's not as often. Spencer Gilpin is now played by the one, the only, The Rock. The comedy rock. The comedy legend that is Dwayne the Johnson the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've probably all seen the movie or the trailer by now. You know they become their avatars so once they're sorry in the for game. spoilers, sorry darlings. For spoiling it. Now let me ask you a question about these uh the avatars that they mm. take, they they become in the movie. Yeah. What did you think of those performances? Obviously, you love The Rock. Let's leave him to last. Mm-hmm. I want you to start with the other characters that we get introduced to. We get introduced to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, who is best known as one of the world's funniest comedians. Um, he is playing uh, Fridge. Yes. Fridge is become Kevin Hart. Fridge is... Uh, he is... a. Uh, the former best friend of Spencer in the real world. He's a big jock. He's a jock. He's a football player. He's a football and then player. once he's in the game, he becomes the diminutive Kevin Hart. He plays from fridge to mouse. Yep. Um, he is a zoology expert. He's mm-hmm. also just the guy that carries the weapons for the rock, therefore becoming his sidekick, where he's in the real world. It is probably the other way around. Exactly. So welcoming to the jungle is really turning things <laughs> upon their heads. And then you've got um, Karen Gillum, most mm. famous for playing Sinead O'Connor in the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> universe. Nebulous or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And she also is well known for playing um, Amy Pond in the Doctor Who franchise. Oh, well, I wouldn't know that. One of the sidekicks to Doctor Who. Okay, cool. So that's where she comes from. Yeah, it's cool. 
Okay. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. cool. She's actually cool. So her, her original cool. character is the nerd girl. And then once she's welcomed to the jungle, mm. she becomes a hot, badass fighting babe. Her name is called Ruby Roundhouse, I yep. believe. Yeah. And then I cannot remember her real character's name because they only refer to her as Ruby Roundhouse from henceforth. That is true. She never got called by her other... No, actually, Martha. That's it. Oh, um, Martha. Another very cool One name. One of the hottest names, Martha. Yeah. yeah. So she becomes a tremendous babe in Karen Gillum, who is uh she can kill man. She's a man killer, and yeah. she's got her special powers are dancing. She has a weakness to venom, and then finally the hot babe, who's an Instagram queen, Bethany. In the original, Bethany. Um, she is transformed into what she thought was going to be a curvy doctor. And boy, did she get more than she bargained for. She got a hell of a lot more curves than she anticipated. She becomes known as fat actor Jack Black. <laughs> Factor. 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 Jack Black. Factor Jack Black. Though. Who Jack Black, I would say, is one of the funniest dudes in history. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very, very genuinely okay. funny, funny guy. The veneer guy. of irony has been pulled back. Pull it Jack back. Jack Black is hilarious. You guys, you got to pull it back every now now and then and yeah. watch it. Pull it back and reveal what's underneath. Pull it back. Roll it all up. <laughs> roll Just it all up. Roll it all the way back behind the ridge. Roll it. And then expose. <laughs> expose it. Tidy it up. And you realize Jack Black is funny. All irony is gone. Jack Black is a fucking star. And Jack Black uh, plays... I mean, it's kind of a trans character in this. <laughs> yeah, it's Because a- it's a, a woman who's in the body of a man... And obviously there's the body comedy jokes of her being a hot girl who's now mm. a fat man. But it, it's actually played kind of sensitively. It's pretty well done, She's I not thought. like horrified by being in a man's body. She is like takes... She finds it so fascinating. Mm. She's obsessed with his little dick. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> obsessed with his dick. <laughs> Jack Black's little pudgy for penis. The first time. Yeah, just saying it's so much easier. There's like a handle. Jack Black is very funny at playing all of these things. What do you think? I think Jack Black brings... Uh, it's not even like a stereotype of... Because when I think, okay, you're a man, you're cast as sort of a woman in a man's body. Mm. He doesn't really play it high camp. There's no. just like... It's camp, but it's not really yes. over the top. Like it's it's pretty respectful to what a teenage girl is like. Yes, I mean, sure, you get laughs from him saying things like "Yas Queen" and stuff like that. Tremendously funny. <laughs> Just uh, funny. It, I did cack myself when that stuff happened. There was a few things that you and I both started laughing at. Can Which you remember is, what they were? Well, it was just any time he, he called the other girl, girl. That was funny. It was funny. It's like, was, you go, girl. Go, girl, yes, and stuff yeah. like that. I was like, all right, it's a, we know that it's like a little bit hack or whatever, but he sells it. Mm. He knows what he's doing. Whereas the main comedy... The Rock, <laughs> it's the first time he bombed. He goes to The Rock. You weren't that into it. No, I don't. I think The Rock was miscast in this movie, but I also believe that he would have been the juice that got this movie cooking. Hundred uh, percent, because he's an expert chef. <laughs> of course, this is what I mean. He was first signed on. Him and Kevin Hart were both the first two people signed on yep. to this movie. Of course, it was all banking on The Rock. He's a superstar. He's one of the probably only movie stars around now that can sell something on name alone. Mm. Kevin Hart's probably one of the other ones. Melissa McCarthy might be one. Yeah. 
That's kind of it. Then people like, you know... Chris uh, Pratt, Chris probably. Chris Pratt, Richard Jenkins. <laughs> Richard Jenkins. <laughs> Richard Jenkins. Yeah. Big movie stars like Stanley Tucci, stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe even um, Margot... Not Robbie. Martindale. Margot Martindale. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Um And I think he's really... Oh, man, he's just... I don't know what he was doing. Like, he just had no... He made no choices in the movie as a performer. I thought... I was more perf- forgiving him than you were. Yes, well, he's my hero. Of course, I'm going to be hard on the guy. <laughs> um, but he... Um, I don't know. He just did nothing for me in this role. And all I could think of was recasting this movie. Who would you get? And there was one person that you just mentioned who I think would be the perfect person to play an adventurer mm-hmm. in a comedy spoof mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Chris Pratt. Why wasn't it Chris Pratt? I think it wasn't... I have a reason for why I don't think it was Chris Pratt. I don't think he would ever do a movie as on the nose as this because Chris Pratt has moved away from being to, to from comedy to trying to be a serious movie star he would have been absolutely perfect because he was a pudgy kind of weird jock nerd uh-huh. in Parks and Recreation it would have take had that, that extra energy, element that to extra it. layer of chubbiness over it <laughs> and to take him with this movie star body I think he would be able to play that amazingly as someone who once was chunky but now he's amazing to be so obsessed and excited about what his body's like mm-hmm. he could channel that into such a real way but I think he's moved on to that serious movie star thing where he wouldn't go back and do something as overtly weirdly comedic as this as a lead I don't know if I agree with that I think I could see him doing this movie I I reckon the only reason it wasn't Chris Pratt was because they wanted to re-team our generation's Mm. Bogart and Bacall The Rock and Kevin Hart (laughs) The Rock and Kevin Hart Finally, the odd couple that we've always decided. <laughs> hey, one's two, big, one's very small. <laughs> two very physically fit people. Yeah, they're in both big performance. They're both two, jacked. The, the two of the most muscly dudes that have ever lived. Why is Kevin Hart that fucking jacked? He does not need to be. I know, but he loves it. His he persona probably loves is like that he's like put upon and yeah. small and that he's blustering and he's yeah. got more energy than he can back up with, you know, physical strength or whatever. But he could beat the shit out of me. He could tear someone apart like they were wet toilet paper. <laughs> He's insane. I would have... Okay, I I really quite like The Rock. I I have a fondness for him. I think he made some okay choices in this because he is playing... uh, Like a 15-year-old dweeb who's now in the body of The Rock. Mm. And so... I kind of liked seeing him be a little bit scared and apprehensive... Even though it made no sense because he's in this gigantic frame. Mm. But I would have enjoyed it more if it was Chris Pratt. Because Chris Pratt is fucking funny yeah and i think he's making some very stupid decisions with his career as someone who is an expert (laughs) in in other people's careers an expert agent i would advise chris pratt to go back to doing stuff that's a little more funny Something that's a little bit more fun, a little bit more light. I mean, I think that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Mm. is kind of... It's not a more serious... Uh, in tone, but it's a more serious movie. So this is, I think, a bit lighter and a bit slight. It's mm. a kid's adventure film. I can't imagine him going back to exactly something like this. I think he has moved on. I was thinking maybe someone like Jake Johnson could be really funny in this. Of course, but he's not big enough. Not he, big but enough he is, to... he is a great choice mm. to be like a, a dashing, arrogant, 
asshole who is also very funny. Yeah. But he's just not a bigger star. Any other person I thought, big, if we're going big star, maybe Bradley Cooper, because he's someone I think is genuinely very, very funny. True. He could do it as Rocky Raccoon. As Rocky Raccoon, he could kind of be a little bit crazy, a little bit silly. I think he, uh, he'd be a great guy to kind of parody and Indiana Jones. But mm-hmm. I think if we are looking for kind of a guy that's on the cusp, if they mm-hmm. wanted to do this as a kind of a vehicle movie, a star-making movie, mm-hmm. um, perfect person for me would be Wyatt Russell. Okay, yep. Channel a bit of his dad's, Kurt Russell, sure, if there's something like this, but a little bit more knowing. And I think he's got that perfect look for a movie star like this, yep. where someone kind of comes into an adventure film and then you're literally being one of the greatest adventure heroes of all times, son. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm. We need to compare this to the original a little yep. bit here. Who's funnier? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've obviously chosen that The Rock is funnier than Robin yeah. Williams. That's true. Mm. And that is indisputable. And if people yes. want to come at us, then prepare to get torn down. Dude. Exactly. Get torn down. Because we can tear trolls down. <laughs> we welcome the trolls. <laughs> we welcome them. <laughs> We're obsessed with fighting trolls. We're obsessed with trolls. I live in bright world when I go to sleep. <laughs> I think that trolls are real people. <laughs> Okay, so what are the what are the differences between the world of Jumanji that they establish in the original film mm. and the world that we get in this one? In the original, mm-hmm. Alan Parrish is in the jungle by himself for 20 years. The only other person is Van Pelt. Yes. The hunter played by Aussie hero Jonathan Hyde. <laughs> in this Jumanji, there are cities of... Yeah. People and lots of people yes. that you could just go and probably hang out with if you lived in Jumanji. I think uh, in the Jumanji animated series that mm-hmm. I was a big fan of, okay. there were they were kind of like a, almost like an Ewoki type tribe where they're a small uh, kind of humanoid cre- characters. What? They're not really. They're not. I don't really want to call them human because they're not human. But they're like they don't communicate either. But they're like these tiny little dudes. What the fuck yes. are you talking? So about? perhaps that is. What are you so talking it's about? Not that bizarre that there'd be people in Jumanji. What do you mean? Okay, there were little like weird alien things that didn't. They're not real. <laughs> well, they're, not, they're kind of like an Ewok in Jumanji almost. anime. The Jumanji animated TV series, and in the book Jumanji, okay. the original source material, Jumanji is the name of the game. It's also the name of a city of gold, which is the point you must reach at the end of the game. You start okay. out in the jungle, then you move to Jumanji, and that's the end. And that's when you go Jumanji. I'm here. Let me out of here. Okay. Hello, I'm a celebrity. Let me out of Jumanji. <laughs> okay, but in this movie, once they are welcomed to the jungle, mm. it, they're not really in the jungle for the entire time. They go to this like they go to a, of baz- bizarre, a village bizarre, which looks like it's um, fucking anywhere from any other adventure mm. movie. Once it got to that point, I really felt like this. This is sort of just an excuse for them to do an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, again, Indiana Jones, but to add some kind of like. Uh, body comedy body switch comedy video game parody yeah video game parody it, it almost feels like it's a mishmash of three or four different mm. types of ideas together yeah I, I was watching it thinking I bet this was a spec script 
that was just called Game Over yep. or some shit. And it was a, the same premise, but then whoever bought it was like, let's just make it freaking Jumanjos. Yeah, make it Jumanjo. Well, it's written by a million guys, so <laughs> yeah. who knows? But I don't know if that's true or not. That's just my speculation. I feel like it was probably developed as a Jumanji uh, sequel or whatever, yeah. reboot. But um, it's, it's like, I don't even want to say this isn't the Jumanji from the original one because mm. we never see it. But it certainly feels like it's not the tone of the Jumanji in the original one. Definitely it's not. And I think aesthetically it really isn't. Because I think, like I said before, the design of the original Jumanji Mm. is tremendous. (laughs) If you were to listen to that original episode last week. Uh, I think because it takes away that kind of cool early 1900s explorer aesthetic that we see in Van Pelt Mm -hmm. and that is kind of like the world of like almost the Amazon bursting out uh, into the world of Brantford Mm -hmm. and in this one it's It's kind of like a non it it, has a non-identity it's freaking triple x it's like triple x there's like bmx stunt there's like a yeah, whole army of BMX stunt riders that, that are have riding dirt bikes and, and shit. machine guns that like do stunts while they're driving around trying to kill you. It's like the video game Far Cry. It is like Far Cry. I think there was a Far Cry poster on the wall of Spencer's room. Oh, actually. he would love that he shit. He loves that sort of shit. There was Van Pelt makes an appearance in this, but gone are the days of him being a South African mm. style hunter with a big yeah. moustache and a safari suit. Nah. This ain't your granddaddy's Van Pelt. This Van Pelt is Bobby Cannavale. One of the world's hottest comedians, Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> he is tr- Bobby Cannavale is tremendously funny, and I think he was pretty good at being menacing in this he's film. Al- he's always good at being menacing. He's like a he's he pl- he's in mammoth plays and mm. stuff like that. Like he's a very intense he's a actor. Great actor. And he It's weird for him to be such a nothing character, well, right? Let's describe his character in this movie. Because, mm. you know, Van Pelt, uh, you know, played by Jonathan Hyde in the original, has He's a one-note villain, mm. but he has so much character. Yeah. We know he gets to be funny and menacing at the same time, and weird. He's weird. He gets to be the fish out of water, who's yeah. like this safari suit wearing cunt who then <laughs> has to come up against modern technology yeah. and stuff like that. And cops. This Van Pelt is. He's wearing a trench coat with a collar popped. Yeah. He has one green eye because he, he's like now the lord of all creatures in Jumanji. He has. Magical domain over every animal in Jumanji to the point where, I mean, they were ripping off the mummy, essentially. He's got bugs crawling all over Mm. him all the time that he can control. That looks fabulous. It looked amazing. He's kind of more villain like the mummy in The Mummy. Yeah, like Prince Imhotep. Prince Imhotep. (laughs) Or uh, like um, Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean film franchise. It is like that. It's like a... I just kept thinking, if you're in charge of every animal in Jumanji, you can make vultures do what you want them to do. You can make jaguars attack mm. on command. He has telepathic control over these people. Why would you want fucking millipedes and bugs crawling all over your skin menacingly all the Maybe time? Maybe it feels going cool. Going in your ear hole, having scorpions come out of your mouth. What is he? Is he a man who is now magic? Well, or just, is he like some weird undead fucking... He is the jungle. Is he's that just what it a is? video game character. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I think that's what makes this movie a little bit... 
less consequential than Jumanji because Jumanji, it's that intrusion fantasy mm. where things are coming into your world. So you're like, I don't want my world to crumble yeah, around me. This is what you spoke about last week, mm. whereas this one is the- A portal fantasy portal where it's fantasy. just all about escaping. You just got to get out of there. Yeah. So there's not real much consequence apart from losing your life. And in this movie, we find out they've all got three lives. And yeah. so it's kind of weird to figure out where the stakes are because you're like, mm. oh, they've all got three. That's heaps. And then they start getting- They lose lives very inconsequentially mm. by like pranks or just weird shit happening to them. Like Kevin Hart, is a, his weakness is cake. He eats a piece of cake while he's in the mm. bazaar and just explodes. That's so such it feels a, very like, inconsequential. Uh, that's such a rewrite joke, okay? We're like, we need to up the stakes. Maybe we need to kill him one more time earlier. Yeah. How? I don't know. Let's have him fucking... Well, Listen eat to a the piece advice of, of Marie Antoinette. Let them have cake. <laughs> Let them eat a piece of cake. And then see what happens. <laughs> and so, so it's just kind of the video game aspect of it. While I think it kind of gives it its own personality separate to Jumanji, yeah. I think it takes away from the stakes of it all. Yeah. And one of the things that I thought was funny was Reese Darby, who is one of the world's funniest comedians... That is without irony. He's very funny. Uh, he, uh, We'd love to have you on the show. We have a few friends in common, so please come hang out with us. Um, he, uh, he, uh, he plays an NPC, non-player character. And that kind of starts becoming a running joke where they meet these NPCs and they just have a few lines of dialogue that they repeat over and over again. Yeah. And you and, can say whatever you want to them, but they will only repeat those lines. Yeah, so that's like, there's a lot of video gamey yeah. parody humor, and it works, but it's also kind of like a bit boring. There's mm. one thing that we haven't touched on yet that I think in the cinema we both openly chatted about <laughs> how kind of <laughs> shitty of a choice it was. Uh, so the original boy, Alex, that got sucked into the game all those years ago, mm-hmm. they come across him. And you think this is the perfect opportunity to bring some sort of cool uh, camera cameo, comedic cameo, yeah. cameo of some kind that will really make this exciting. When they come across him, he has a bandana across his face. You can only see his eyes. He's shrouded like, Who in is smoke. This? I, as soon as I saw this character appear, I thought, we're going to get a big fucking cameo. We're going to get someone This cool. is going to be someone that we know from comedy mm. and from movies that's going to pop in for a cheeky little... A splash of just color. A, a little spot, a final yeah. set. They're going to do a drop in spot. Yeah, they're going to do a drop in spot. Yeah, and yeah. so you think in this movie that it's going to be someone like that, and we know that the character has been described as a bit of a scoundrel. Yeah. So you're kind of imagining like a bit of a slimy, Steve Buscemi esque character or something like that. But then, who is it? But one of the funniest comedians in the world, and that is with irony because it's Nick Jonas, <laughs> one of the Jonas brothers. He's a Jonas brother. And that is so weird. What a weird choice. Because he just, he's got a lot of comedy to play in this. Yeah. A lot of comedy. This is a guy from the 90s. Yes. Who has been in Jumanji for 20 years. So he still speaks in 90s aphorisms and slang Teenage and pop culture slang. references. So but like Nick talking Jonas about how Cla- would have only been a fucking sperm in the 90s. So <laughs> exactly. he doesn't know. He was but a sperm in his dad's nard sack. <laughs> <laughs> so he just doesn't get the refos. So Claudia Schiffer is one of the references. And that's yeah. kind of funny. But before that is, before it has become <laughs> obvious what the joke is, yeah. like when they're like, hang on, why is this guy talking so weird? Yeah. Why is this guy saying stuff like radical yeah. and um, eat my shorts? Why? And stuff <laughs> yeah. <like> <laughs> well, yeah. Eat my shorts and stuff like that. Cowabunga, and dude. And get a fucking life, dude, yeah. and stuff like that. He's saying stuff like, don't have a 
cow, man. Seriously, chill out and shit like There's that. There's one bit where he's like, do I make you horny, baby? <laughs> <laughs> he starts doing these great 90s references. Getting jiggy with it and yeah, stuff Yeah, na 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 You know, really funny stuff. Really funny 90s shit. And then he... Uh, then... It's already clear because it's very obvious to us. I turned to you and said, this guy can't handle it. He can't handle playing <laughs> the comedy of using these references yeah. in a dated way. He can't be daggy, Nick he, Jonas, because he he's can't. been cool since he was just slightly older than a sperm. Yeah, he was, he's was. he been cool since he was a sperm squirting out of his dad's nard sack. And now, because now, the joke should have been that he's like a dork that he's using all this old school mm. language, but Nick Jonas... Somehow makes all that shit cool again. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. It should have been someone like Michael Sarah, who's a yeah. dork, but can kind of be a little bit cool as so, well. Okay, my my thoughts were um, Michael Sarah is a great one. Mm. He's a great one. I actually think Jake Johnson could have done it well. Done that would have been perfect. In um, fact, and another one. one I wonder if it's the same I one. Wonder. All right. You, you said it first. No, no, no. You say yours first. Just- Jason Schwartzman was who I was thinking. Fuck, that's also very good. Because I think he's so good at being yeah. tremendously cool yeah. and an absolute dork. I was going to say Adam Scott. But- uh, he was a he was on the bubble for me. Yeah, he was on the bubble. But that's like a similar tone. They're both yeah. able to play kind of like uh, dorky and cool at mm. the same time. Adam Scott has <laughs> like a long history of playing people that use '90s references mm. in a daggy way. I just think that for me. This film really missed the mark comedically because I think it's it's fine, it's pretty enjoyable of a mm. film. But uh, when you get like a weirdo like Reese Darby to be mm. in it, I think that's almost more the tone that I was kind of hoping this Do you film know who would I be. I would have liked to have seen play uh, the Nick Jonas character. Who? Nick Giannopoulos? Dana Carvey. <laughs> Dana Carvey would have been superb. Yes, just that would as have been this fantastic. Like, weird psycho pl- pilot. Who mm. has <laughs> as a teenage boy from the nineties inside? Yeah, he could of, be playing Garth. He's playing basically, Garth. Garth meets like you know some kind of adventure character that he could obviously easily tap into. Yeah. The guy is one of the greatest mimics that has ever lived. That's true. That would have been the really guy cool. if he were a Pokemon would be Ditto. I mean, <laughs> you fucking loser. That's why you're the rock and I'm the jock. Yeah, man, the rock's a cool nerd because. I think this movie, you're right, it didn't miss the mark comedically. It is very enjoyable, um, but it's clearly been cast to appeal to young people. Mm. And I guess young people give a shit about Nick Jonas. Yeah. They think he's cool. They think he's sexy. They think he's fly. They think he's fly. They think he's they think dope. He's dope. <laughs> they like Sinead O'Connor from Guardians of the Galaxy. They go, okay, we know her from We know. We've seen her from freaking Doctor Who. <laughs> we love that shit. Uh, Jack Black. Obviously, kids love Jack Black. Obviously. He's from Goosebumps. He's from Goosebumps, which is Jumanji remake itself. Yeah. The only person I think who... Uh, he, actually, no, you know, Jack Black and Kevin Hart both gave really good comedy performances. I think so, yeah. I think, I think both Kevin Hart, I don't know, whatever. You can say whatever you want about his stand-up. And this is a free forum for you to say whatever you want about mm. his stand-up. He's funny as fuck. Okay. And I, I think uh, as an actor on he's screen... He's a colleague of ours. What am I going to say? <laughs> as an actor on screen, he's really fucking funny. Yes, I think so. But I think to me, this movie sings to be a parody. Like it's trying mm. so hard to be a parody, but it's got a cast incapable of parody. That's true. It should have been making fun of action tropes more than just being an action movie. Yeah, and making fun of Jumanji, making yeah. fun of 90s. Making fun of reboots. making Because it's trying to be parody of video games. And I think there's stuff like the cutscene where it's like yeah. kind of very serious expository thing. But then it starts with like a little bit of commentary going, 
going like, oh, this is a cutscene. We can't really, yeah. you know, we've got no we control over it. We can't skip away from it. Yeah. I think if they brought that back a little bit more every time yeah. they brought up Van Pelt because our protagonists aren't there, they should have been doing mystery science theater over mm. it, you know, making fun of the guy. Hey, speaking of Van Pelt, do you think there was a missed opportunity? Oh, God, this is fucking genius. Please, mm. Hollywood, hire me to do fucking punch-up on mm-hmm. your movies. Missed opportunity mm-hmm. to have Bobby Cannavale cast as the principal of the school. I think that is a missed opportunity. That's, or that's- even better than Bobby Cannavale, the actor that plays the principal yeah. is kind of a go-to authority figure yeah. in comedy. He's in everything. What's his name? Get his name. I don't quickly, know his quickly. fucking name. Because he's, he's very funny. He's, he's in, in lots Brooklyn of stuff. He's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's in The Good Place at the moment mm-hmm. playing Sean. His name is Nick Jonas. No, his no. <laughs> name is Mark Evan Jackson. Yeah. He's a UCB guy. He's you know him from everything. He's just always plays a stern, deadpan. But having that figure. goof move on into the uh, yeah. As the Van, as Pelt Van Pelt would be very funny, I, I think. I would have loved that. Because I think channeling his authority into kind Something of like menacing. a weird, dorky, menacing yeah. thing would just make it funny. I would have liked that. I think it's that's where this reboot is unsuccessful, is is that it, it fucks up the... I don't want to say the legacy, because there's only been one Jumanji movie, mm. but... But Jumanji was playing off Peter Pan, and this completely disregards that. Yeah. It's fucked up that legacy. You could have had dual casting moments like that. You could have had some more heart when they come back to reality mm. at the end, like what happens at the end of Jumanji. In fact, this movie completely undoes the logic of Jumanji in that we have in in the jungle, they've been welcomed to the jungle. Yes. You have these people from 2017 and this kid from 1996 or whatever. He, They both... They all exit the game at the same time, but mm. they somehow still exist in the same timeline back in current day. How is that possible? Oh, yeah. The kid from the 90s would have gone back to the day that he was sucked into the game and then thenceforth would never have donated that console and the cartridge to the mm. school. So how did those kids ever get to Jumanji in the first place? It would have just undone their timeline. Mm. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. And who does Nick Jonas grow up to be when he's out in the real world? The son of America's dad. <laughs> Stewie Griffin. <laughs> uh, though he becomes Colin Hanks. That's right. And there's a moment where he's like, hey, dad, I'm getting the kids out of the car. It's not Tom Hanks. It's not his dad. No. Who's that guy? That's some other guy. Some other small actor. Yeah. But um, throughout that story, Nick Jonas and played by Jack Black, Bethany, mm. have kind of a romance bubbling up, yeah. which is pretty funny to see Jack Black hitting on- Like swooning <laughs> over Nick Jonas. A 40-year-old man who's yeah. very, very retired, <laughs> swooning over a young 20-year-old yeah. hunk. He's he very even funny. gets a freaking stiffy at one point. He he does get a stiffy when they make out. off screen. Yes. And which- they don't make out. He gives him mouth to mouth. <laughs> that's what I call making out. If someone opens your mouth and breathes into it, that's making out. Okay, yeah. So they do... So he. So they go back and I thought, holy fuck, is she going to start having an she's affair with this 40-year-old this- man? She's going to root Colin Hanks. And he's still 90s as fuck, dude. He's got his Metallica shirt. He's still repping the Talic. Yeah. All these years later, he's not ashamed of the things he was into as a 15-year-old boy. Not at all. Oh, he has barely changed, but he's. Um, she's like, "Oh, you're married or mm. something." I don't even remember if that's exactly she how says, it happened. You have a family now, and he's holding a baby, and he has some other kids mm. and a wife. And he says, "Yeah, we named our first daughter Bethany 
after the girl who saved my life. I almost started crying. That was emotional. <laughs> I honestly almost started You know started what it crying. is? It's because Colin Hanks has some of that magic from his dad's it's, nard sack, you know? <laughs> exactly. He grabbed a little bit of that Hanks magic as he was running out he of that shop. He was running down the vast deference and he grabbed <laughs> handfuls of magic on the way and he burst forth into Rita Wilson's glorious <laughs> uterus. His- that's not his mother. Oh, who's his mother? I don't know. Not Rita Wilson. Oh, shit. Yeah. I thought it was Rita Wilson. <laughs> They're like almost the same age, probably. Oh, shit. Well, whoever it was, he burst forth into that uterus and he, he came out. I just would love to imagine a teenage Colin Hanks coming out of stepmother Rita Wilson's. <laughs> well, whoever the fuck it was, she obviously had a little magic of her own as well because Colin is... A very charismatic and heartfelt actor. Mm. And he's in that movie for about 40 seconds. Yeah. And he brings it home. He brings it home. He brings it home, dude. Yeah. It's a it's quite a nice moment. You know what I think? Uh, I guess we're wrapping up now. Yeah, we're wrapping up now, but... Um, Here's what I think. I think mm-hmm. this will not have the same uh, lasting impact as Jumanji. Because it is just your everyday blockbuster. Well, exactly. Jumanji was kind of riffing on classics, like Peter Pan, Jungle Book. Mm. It looked quite gorgeous. Yeah. It's beautifully styled. This could be any movie. Yeah. It, 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 what it did was it riffed on Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it had its own identity and it looked dope while it did it. Exactly. Whereas... <laughs> So what you're referencing there is the beautiful catchphrase <laughs> of Xander Cage yes. from Triple X Three: Return of Xander Cage. <laughs> yeah, and whereas Welcome to the Jungle looked like Triple X Three: Return, Return of Xander Cage. Cage. How awesome would it have been if it was Vin Diesel yeah. instead of The Rock? Just Immediately someone, better because Vin Diesel, The Rock, is so in on the joke, but he's like, "Oh, I'm so happy that I'm in on the joke." Yeah, whereas Vin, Vin Diesel Vindles, is not in on the joke, and that's funnier. And to that's be way bullying funnier. is yeah. funnier. <laughs> You know, I think that's where it went wrong. It's because this is like a rock and roll movie. Mm. I said to you before we went into the cinema, I hope to God that the the Guns N' Roses song, mm. Welcome to the Jungle, does not play during yeah. this movie. And the mo- I got a spoiler alert for you guys. It plays during the closing credits. Yeah. And that sums up the movie to me. That That song is a real piece of shit. It's, it's one of the worst songs. It's just like, I think it was written to be... A wrestler's entrance song. That's it. It's just like six minutes of garbage. And this movie. Hey, I'd prefer six minutes of garbage. Better bands. (laughs) Much better band. (laughs) But this this movie, like, thinks it's cool as fuck. Yeah, exactly. And as a result, that means it will not live on. And also, uh, I think what it does differently as well is the original Jumanji leaves itself open to some sort of continuing adventure by having the yeah. the, get, the board game drift off to Paris or wherever it goes. Yeah. And then in this one, they just bust the game with a, with a bowling, bowling ball. ball. So yeah. it's over for Jumanji. It's over. There's no, going to be no more sequels, I assume. Well, perhaps, Unless perhaps they're... not because this movie is breaking box office records Jesus. right now. I believe at the moment it is the second... Highest earning Sony Pictures film ever. Wow. I think it is beating all of their James Bond films. Wow, isn't that crazy? So they're gonna make another one. How and are you know they? What they're if gonna... they reboot or remake it? We're gonna review it. And you know what? I hope Jumanji evolves to an app. 
Oh, good lord! That is the next step, or a social media, a social network. media, and that's the real jungle of the twenty. Yeah, you're like DMing each other, yeah. like, and there's clues and snakes come out of your freaking phone screen. Yeah, and shit. wait, if you don't like me, I'm gonna die. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's actually really cool. That would be so scary. Yeah, and so funny. But honestly, I think about social media and I go, shit, it is a jungle out there. And it truly is. Uh, I love to be welcomed to it, but you know, sometimes I got to get away from the jungle. I got to go to a fucking beach somewhere, like Brantford Beach or some shit. Brantford Beach with those beautiful white sands of Brantford <laughs> Beach. Uh, Cameron, final thought: Is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle a welcome successor, a welcome reboot? To the Jumanji franchise that lay dormant on the beaches of Brantford for 20 years? Or was it uh, something um, not good? I, you know, I actually had a lot of fun watching it. Mm. It was really stupid and really dumb and it didn't feel like it needed to be a Jumanji movie, but it was pretty fun. Yeah. It was a pretty enjoyable, dumb blockbuster movie. What did you think? Um, it was fine. I thought it was fine, serviceable, uh, whatever. I'll probably forget it by tonight. Was it necessary? Did it add anything? No. I'm glad it was made, but it didn't have to be a Jumanji movie. I mm. think it was just a fun movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Like I said, it could have been called Game Over. We could have put freaking Jake Johnson or Dana Carvey in there. It didn't or need- the most famous guy that ever said Game Over... Bill, Bill Paxton. And sadly, unfortunately, we did lose him. We lost him last year, 2017. And once again, a very political year. <laughs> Lots of crazy things happened. You know, Not referenced. when when Trump checked in, Paxton checked out. <laughs> you know, when Trump entered the Oval Office for the first time, he said, "Welcome to the jungle, the world." <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it was a necessary reboot. What do you think? Uh, I don't think it was necessary, no. No, that first one. Tell your friends about it. I think the first one I can give a really high recommendation to re-watching, especially if you've got little ones around. Yeah. I think it's a great movie to welcome the family to the jungle. <laughs> Ooh, wasn't that exciting? Talking about Jumanji, welcome to the jungle, baby. Next week, we're going to be starting a whole new pairing of films. But actually, this might be our first triple header of films that we're going to be talking about. We're going to start things off in the dream world. <laughs> a world of nightmares. A world of sleep. On the most peaceful street in America, Elm Street. Ed Helm Street. Uh, we're going to be talking about a nightmare on Ed Helm. On Ed, a, nightmare on, a nightmare on Elm Street uh, will be our first film. That is the classic horror film directed by Wes Craven, starring Jonathan Depp. And Heather Langenkamp. And also the famous man with the knife fingers himself, one Frederick Kruger. Oh, Robert Englund. <laughs> Uh, so that's where we're going to be starting next week And then the week after We're doing something a little bit different uh, We're going to be discussing A Nightmare on Elm Street Directed by the guy that directed the Nirvana video <laughs> It smells like Teen <laughs> the Spirit 2010 reboot but- Starring Jackie Earl Haley And 
That Rooney cunt Mara? from <laughs> Twilight. Yeah. His name is Kellen Lutz. Kellen Lutz. Uh, most famous for Twilight. Second most famous for playing John Lutz's cousin, <laughs> Kellen Lutz, on 30 Rock. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be discussing that, but also we were going to talk about a type of reboot we haven't talked about on this podcast hmm. yet. We're talking about a reimagining. We're also going to be talking about the 1994 film, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. And this is is a meta sequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street where Wes Craven goes back to his source material and makes a reboot of a, re- a reimagining of A Nightmare on Elm Street this time Heather Langenkamp is back playing Heather Langenkamp and Freddie is maybe coming out into the real world of the actors of the real first Nightmare on Elm Street film so it's pretty cool it's a really exciting weird film we're going to be talking about Guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to our Jumanji double episode. And Jungle Babies, I love you so much for doing that. Uh, We're going to move into our final little segment on the podcast. It is What Have You Watched? What have you seen? What have you watched? What, 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 blank slate. Lex, what have you watched? I have just watched a little movie called Pariah. Mm -hmm. Um, It is the debut feature film of uh, the director Dee Rees, who just had a big hit with her Netflix film Mudbound, getting nominated for quite a few Oscars. Uh, So Pariah, if you're not familiar, it is the story about a young African-American girl growing up in in New York City, Mm -hmm. and she is coming to terms with her identity to coming of age film uh, of her identity as a masculine or a butch lesbian uh, woman. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really fascinating. I hadn't seen anything like that before uh, as far as a coming of age film about identity mm. goes. So it's, I think it's fascinating on that. And the film has like a really nuanced style to it. Like it, it, almost something like fish tank where you're kind of, it's got a cinematography that kind of creeps up on you. And it's directed, it's the cinematographer on this film is Bradford Young, who I think is one of the finest, uh, younger cinematographers out, breaking out into the big world. Mm -hmm. He's going to be breaking out very soon. He's a cinematographer on Solo, the Han Solo solo film, uh, which does look superb from those trailers. And he is actually probably what is responsible for me becoming more excited for that film. Because wow. I think he's a really great cinematographer. Um, this film's really, really good. I give it a high recommendation. Where did you view it? Uh, I just borrowed it on Blu-ray from the library, <laughs> <laughs> so it's not maybe the most accessible film right now. But I think you might be able to get it on iTunes or something. Okay, uh, you'll probably be able to find it on Apple Movies, maybe. Uh, Or just look a little harder for it, baby. (laughs) Let's just say maybe a little friend of mine, Captain Jack Sparrow, would help you out. You know, Captain Jack Sparrow. Army Hearties. You might find it online. You might find it online. Bootstrap Bill Turner. You might find it in Davy Jones's locker. Yes, you might find it in Davy Jones's put locker or something, <laughs> or perhaps on Stranger Tides if you go sailing out, or go to the Afters Library because I would probably have returned it by now. I've had it overdue for a long time. It's sounding less and less sexy the more you go into the reality of. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. but it's great, Cameron. What have you seen recently? Oh. A film equally as important as the mm. one you just talked about and one that I'm definitely not embarrassed to be 
sharing okay. with you. What is it? Well, uh, while yours was, uh, yeah. <laughs> yours was dealing with um, coming to terms with homosexuality in uh, in New York, young black woman. Mine is very similar. Mine is about a, a man in his early 30s living in a teensy little suburb in London who okay. falls in love with the most famous movie star in the world. Whoa. And then... <laughs> Is this the Alexi Toliopoulos, David Allen Greer romantic <laughs> comedy? <laughs> I would much prefer that. This is, of course, Notting Hill. Oh, okay. I watched it uh, recently for the first time in a long time. It's obviously adorable. First time, long time. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. It is iconic. It is also the only film in cinema history that dares ask the question, what if you got to fuck Julia Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the whole plot of the movie is just... um. Wouldn't it be crazy if Julia Roberts fell in love with you? Yeah. That's the whole plot. And it's pretty... Well, she's wonderfully cast in the film. She's... she's it's crazy. She does very little the only little other lifting. person that could cast would be Meg Ryan. <laughs> I was thinking about if it was made in more recent times, it definitely would have been oh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, who would Johansson. you get? Scarlett Joe. It would have been, right? It had yeah. to be. She's like another iconic superstar. Yeah. But it's crazy because really a lot of the lifting is done by everyone knowing that Julia Roberts is famous. Yeah. She, the character doesn't really get anything to I do. I haven't told you I saw Julia Roberts in real life in person. You did? Yeah. I, when How I was, was that smile? When I was in, oh, honestly, this is, I saw her in LA at the LACMA, the Los Angeles mm-hmm. uh, County Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. And I just saw her in my peripheral and I turned, I was like, I was like, just that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And then I was like, hang on a second, that's Julia Roberts. So that was my mm. first reaction was, holy shit. And then I go, oh, it's not just a hot woman, it's pretty woman. <laughs> okay, imagine that, but you get to marry her and be in love with her. And that's okay. Notting Hill. Yeah. It's really... Not that good a movie, if I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but I do have a real soft spot for it. I also love the songs in it, which are cheesy as fuck. Yeah. The Ronan Keating one, when you say nothing at all. Oh, gosh. Yes, iconic song. And the Elvis Costello song, She, which is in the opening and end credits. Yeah. And I think it's maybe a bad song. Can I also tell you, I, I saw it. Elvis Costello as well while I was <laughs> on that go, same trip. That is the most handsome <laughs> that man is the most of all handsome. time. It was actually weirder because I was, me and my friend went out like at midnight mm. on our, as soon as we landed in New York. I'm like, let's not take our cameras. Let's just head out. We're not going to see anything that we're not going to see another time. Immediately after we walked out, Elvis Costello and Alec Baldwin walked past oh us having a, Wait, having Alec a Baldwin is in Notting Hill. Oh, God. He plays her. <laughs> he plays basically himself. himself. Yeah. A pig man. So you've seen three of the cast. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I've got the Notting Hill collection. Please, please see Hugh Grant sometime. Oh, I must meet Risa Farns. Oh, and How, Risa is, Farns. Tell me about Risa Farns and Hugh Grant in this film. Oh, they're obviously sensational. Mm. Hugh Grant, I think, is one of the unsung great oh. actors. One, I think one of the best comedy actors. He's incredible. And obviously that persona that he's doing that he was like... By the time Notting Hill came out, he was very famous mm. for this persona, the kind of bumbling, charming mm. everyman. Not long after this, he kind of abandoned that persona and mm. then became kind of like the crude, snide bad boy. Yeah. And he excels at both, yeah. dare I say. I love his persona as the warmongering cannibal from the apocalypse in Cloud Atlas. See, I've still never seen it, but I, I'm dying to see it for Hugh Grant now. Yeah. 
And Risa Fiennes is incredible. He's a great comic actor as well. Do you know who one of my favourite comic actors is? Cameron James. Where could I see him at the moment if I want to catch a little bit of him? (laughs) Well, you could see him at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I'm actually there right now till the end of the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Every night at the Greek Centre at 7 o'clock, except for Mondays. I get those nights off and uh, hopefully... You'll be there and we'll be having a Monday off together, just munching down munching, a burger. Yeah. And... Well, the Greek said I'm going to have a freaking Euros. Okay, well, I'll have a freaking Euros too. I'm going to have a lamb Euros and I want a little bit of Greek yogurt in there, please. Well, I'll see what I can do. So please come <laughs> see me, get tickets online uh, and hang out. And then if it's a Monday and you can't come see me, come get dinner with me and Lex and we'll talk movies. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. If you want to chat to us, you can chat to us on Twitter at Total Reboot Pod. You can chat to me on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Alexi. You can chat to Cameron on Instagram and Twitter at I am Cameron James. And that you are, baby. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, guys. And remember, next week we will be talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original movie starring Jonathan Depp and Hell Langenkamp, directed by Wes or Wes Craven. <laughs> Uh, Ciao muchachos Wait a pod